Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. We've got three incredible speakers today that are going to round out this service today. Bringing the Word of God, we have Riley, Luke and Briley, alright? So if you can get that together. Riley, and so as they come, I want your heart to be open to receive the Word of God. Be supportive of them, but listen not only to what they're saying, but listen to what God is saying through them to you today. Amen. Would you welcome Riley as she comes. Thanks, guys. More than that. How is everyone? Yes, yeah, good. Ease my nerves, everyone. Um, I've been blessed enough to be asked to come and speak here today um, and I am lucky enough to call Twico's Church my home um, amongst many others. And when Pastor John came and asked me, he mentioned that there was no theme, which really forced me to press deeper into God to say, what is it that you want me to speak about? Because it's not coming from me, it's from him and it's through me. He's using me as a vessel to speak to all of you. Um, and now this is about a month or so ago when I was in probably the toughest season of my life to date. And I know I'm only 22, it's probably going to be tougher than this, but <laughs> to date, this was the worst. Um, and I'm thinking, come on, like, Pastor Johnny, you know my season I'm in, like, what do you want me to talk about? And I was immediately praying, what is it that I'm going to speak on? And I, all I could feel placed on my heart was that that's just it, that what you're in right now, that's it. That's why you're going through this. It's, we'll use that and that's it. Um, so I'd recently left a position at a, a job that I thought could have been my forever career because the environment was toxic. And I couldn't land any kind of a job. And I've got experience like coordinating aircrafts and I couldn't even get an entry-level admin role. And a few weeks passed, I finished a two-week two temp job just to get me by and get some cash under my belt. And someone pulls out in front of me in a roundabout and my car's written off. And I'm going, are you kidding? So I'm going weeks and weeks of insurance processes and ombudsman claims and financial payouts and because of the write-off. And I'm going, is there anything else? Yeah, there's more failed interviews. So there's interviews, I'm to the last, last point of the process and then they've found someone better or they're going internal for the role. I'm going on 10 weeks without a car and I still haven't seen the end of it yet. But I'm not telling you all this so you can feel sorry for me. I'm telling you this because it's in this time that God wants to use you. That it's in the time of your ultimate struggle when you don't feel like it's ever going to end. God sees that and he wants to use that. And I know what you're thinking. Why does God want to see you hurting? But it's not that he wants to see you hurting. He hears it and he hears your prayers but he has so much more for you than that, than that circumstance that you're in. He has more than the situation that you're in in that time, but he just wants to use it to see how strong your faith really is. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, if you want to pop it up, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's Work from, of God's work from beginning to end. I'm just going to reiterate that line, in its own time. Not on your clock, not on your calendar, but in God's time, in his planning, and his kingdom timing. 
And I'll be honest when I say that I feel like God sometimes may have put my prayers down the to-do list, least priority. And it's not him saying not right now. I mean, it's not him not saying no. It's him saying not right now. Not like this. He's saying seek me first and not that new job, not that new car. It's me that you want. Come to me, those, those who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Not the job that's going to give you rest. You can rest in knowing that he knows your circumstance, he sees it, and he's using it. And when it feels like you're taking hit after hit and getting knocked down, get back up again, press a little deeper, go a little further into your relationship with God. Stretch that faith. See how elasticated it can be. Be at peace knowing that he is in control and that with every hit, strengthen your faith and wait on him before anything else. Have blind faith to, see, to believe what is not seen yet because as it says, we can't actually see the whole scope of God's doing behind it all. Um, sorry. <laughs> now I want to talk about Jairus for a moment. In Mark we read about how Jairus came to Jesus to ask for help because his daughter's dying. Jesus acknowledges that and he went along with him. Along the way, he's surrounded by crowds, he heals other people. And I could have, you could imagine Jairus going, you know, my daughter's dying. Like, what are you doing? Why are you waiting? And so he goes on, carries, to heal, carries on to heal the woman who's been bleeding for years. And he delays so long enough that Jairus' daughter actually dies. And the messages arrive to tell Jairus, not to bother Jesus anymore because your daughter's now dead. And often we can feel as if our prayers may be bothering God and he may be occupied with other things. But he's not. He hears you. He wants to be bothered by you and because he longs for that. And so as Jesus hears this, he tells Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Just have faith. And then he goes on to say, the child is not dead. She's only asleep. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. God only wants us to have faith in him in every circumstance and in your waiting and whatever it may be that you're in. I don't know what kind of week you've had, but you can rest assured knowing that our God does and he knows exactly what you're going through. And he's all he's doing is standing with you saying, don't be afraid. Just have faith. So I don't know what your waiting's been like and I don't know if you can see the end of it either and whether it may be for you that you feel like whatever that may be for you and you feel like you've been waiting for, that it's never coming. And is this hurting ever going to end? Is this relationship ever going to be mended? Is my workplace going to be changed? Is my home life going to be changed? When will I see breakthrough in my health, in my career? When do you eventually see the light at the end of the tunnel? All these things may be just as Jairus' daughter was. Not dead, just asleep. So the victory isn't what comes at the end of the waiting. It's the real victory is what happens in the process of while you're waiting. It's what happens when you delve deeper into his love and when your relationship and your walk with God is strengthened by that hard circumstance that you're in. It's more important to God that we desire him and we get closer to him. It's easy for him to add the materialistic things to our life like the job and the car. But it's... Sorry. Yeah, it's more important that we desire and we get closer to him. When life throws us challenging things our way, gives us the opportunity to trust his heart and his love for us, knowing that he's working it all, all in the better plan of his, of his plan. And yes, that is it. <laughs> so that's the end of my
Thank you, everyone. I just want to welcome my wonderful man, Luke. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Everyone give it up for Riley one more time. Yeah, I've seen, it's true, I've seen her go through it, it's awesome. Uh, just before I get started, I just want to say that I love the faith of this church, eh? Like, John has asked us to speak for eight minutes, eight minutes each, just eight minutes. But what God sees is an opportunity to speak to someone today. So hope you come expectant because, um, yeah, he's got something for you today. Amen. Awesome. So just let me get set up here. Come on, phone, work with me. All right. So anyone who knows me here today, I've got some family here and stuff, good, good, good friends, knows that I'm a league player. Rugby league, that's my sport. I love it. It's, um, yeah. And at one just ignore that guy, okay? Um, at one point in my life, I actually thought I was going to pursue a career in league. But, spoiler alert, didn't really work out like that. Um, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but don't worry. Um, but yeah, for if there's any team sport players here, you'll know the importance of following the call. Everyone say, following the call. So good. I've, de I've developed such a respect for league that um, when I see a play that's been called out, get like perfectly executed, I can't even tell you how excited I get. It's like <laughs> the good stuff. Any sport players here? Yeah, yeah, that's the good stuff right there. So today, I'm going to be speaking on how God confirmed your calling. God confirmed your calling. In, in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. See, by even just reading this, we should have faith because God has called us by his own glory and goodness. His own glory and goodness, not our own. Our God is so faithful, and through his word, he's, he's told us that he knows the plans he has for us. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a hope, a future and a hope. Doesn't that give you the greatest sense of love from our God? Amen. And we just, yeah, because he created us, put us on earth, but he wasn't like a parent running late, dropping their kid off to school, saying, good luck, I'm out of here, bailed. No, he's not like that. He put us on earth, and when he put us on earth, and when we were born, he placed a specific and unique calling on us since we were born for a future and a hope. So for those that don't know rugby league that very well, when your team's in possession of the ball, you get six tackles to have, to have you go, to have you play, right? And a team could be in a bad spot in the field, could be in their end of the field, no momentum, odds stacked against them. But by doing the tough yards, by following the call, momentum can swing and actually an entire game can be changed off one set. Anyone ever felt like that here today? No momentum? Wins out of the sails? You know, you feel like you're doing the tough yards and not getting anywhere. Yeah. Let me tell you this morning that you just got to know the truth of God's call on your life. Yeah. Understand the following. Uh, um, yeah, understand that following the, the calling that he has for your life. Because he knows the plans he has for you. And even though he doesn't, it, it may not feel like it, doesn't really look like it. God's doing work within you to prepare your heart to receive something greater today. God's plan and his timing. Have faith this morning because 
He's called you. God's called you this morning. He's called you parents to be love-filled leaders in your homes. He's called you guys, the men on site that are praying for the guy that's having a rough time at home. He's, prayed you, he's, pre, he's called you students. Any students in here? He's called you students to be filled with hope for your future. To be hardworking. I encourage you this morning because I know it can be tough to stay the course through those seasons. And those times where maybe you think you're not cut out for this. If, and if you feel like you're going through that, I've got a quote for you that I want you to remember. Don't let your lack of confidence be the death of your calling. Okay? Don't let the lack of your confidence be the death of your calling. Because I know those seasons. I've been through them. And personally, it's, yeah, it can be a confidence killer for sure. But I know the, but I know the importance and truth of, of God's calling on my life. God confirmed it when he orchestrated it. You know, I think of Joshua and the Bible um, when I think of calling. Because when Moses died, Joshua was the guy that got, got the call. And God said, the people need a leader. And pretty much God said, the people need a leader and you're the guy. You got the job. <laughs> and when we read in Joshua, I feel like if Joshua was anything like me, he could have been a bit discouraged. He could have been like doubting himself a little bit because in, in his mind, just being in his own head, and I, I kind of I feel like that could have been the case because God tells him, he, God tells him, be strong and courageous, like three times he tells him. And by the third time, yeah, by the, by the third time, God says, um, be strong and courageous. It's, yeah, it's, um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought here. I'm getting back on the track. Yeah, he was, he was courageous and confident. After, after that third time, he was courageous and confident that God was going to be faithful and fulfilling the promise that he, that he had for him and his people. God doesn't need momentum. God doesn't need your momentum to be going your way to reveal the plans, reveal the plans he has for you. He, does, he doesn't need you to be in the promised land to give you the promise. He confirmed the calling on your life when you were born, when he made you. And you might not know what it is yet, but it's by God's goodness and glory, not by our own doing. Don't get that confused. That there's a unique and specific purpose for knowing each, oh, for, for knowing the calling that God has, has for you. For every one of you there today. Not just some of you, but everyone. I'm just going to pray quickly and then I'll wrap it up. Lord God, we thank you. Thank you for your calling. Thank you that you've that you've spoken here today, and you've called you've called people and that that need to know their calling, and need to know the trust that we need to have to receive your calling. Heavenly Father, I pray for the people here that need the faith to to just believe that your calling is upon their lives, and there's a breakthrough coming their way. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So good, so good, guys. Just gonna welcome up Briley. Give it up for Briley. Good morning. Before I was um, coming this morning, I was very nervous and I was singing with my headphones on and then noise cancelling ones and I was upstairs and I was singing away and worshipping 
And Sam was downstairs and he said to Jazzy, Jazzy, is that hurting your ears? <laughs> so let's just hope my uh, preaching's a little bit better than my singing, hey? Um, in this photo here, which the boys will pop up for me, um, is me, my boys, Samba and Remy. And um, this was taken about four years ago and probably from the first glance you can see I look quite happy. Um, but I love what we do in society and we show our best face. But what you can't see is the heart and my state of my heart at that time. At this time in my life I was slowly feeling my heart darken and I could feel the deep brokenness of being a human being. For a long time I didn't feel life, in, I did life in my own strength but when I got hit with postnatal depression after giving birth to my youngest Remy, I hit rock bottom. And at this time in my heart I was heavily overwhelmed and incredibly broken. I was suffocating and I was buckling under the pressures of life. Our marriage was falling apart and I was just trying to hang in there. I had nothing to give. I said I wouldn't cry and I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I am going to cry. <laughs> but what I was trying to do is I was trying to survive in my own strength and I had completely brought... I was completely brought to a place of numbness and brokenheartedness. And I love what the psalmist says and he says in Psalms 34 verse 18, if your heart is broken that you will find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut and you are so low, he will help you catch your breath. I'm just going to take my breath for a second. Um, I don't really know what state your heart came in today. Um, but I want to encourage you and breathe God's spirit back into your life and into your heart. What I noticed God do for me is he breathed into those chambers of my heart that were dead and broken and filled with guilt and shame that I couldn't feel. And he sees you and he wants your heart and he wants to exchange it for his heart. He wants you to know him and he doesn't want you to know of him. His heart is welcoming you into his throne room to feel his presence. Now my little helpers, can you come up? We've got Josh Neal as God. We've got Nani as Jesus. And we've got Jazz as the sweet Holy Spirit. So this is me. I'm broken. I don't know how to get to God and he is right there. I can see him. I know of him. But I can't feel him and I can't see him because I'm clouded in brokenness and I'm dying. And what he said, and this is what God did, is he sent his son, Jesus, to the world to save it and not condemn it. He said, you can't do it on your own. I see you. I want you. Give me your heart. I can help you. This is me, broken, head down, dying. He said, put your arms up. Look up to me. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He said, give me your hand and I will take you. And this is what happened to me. I could put my eyes back on Jesus. I can't do it. I could not do it. And then the Holy Spirit, oh gosh, he's sweet. He just came in and he was ministering to me and he was like, you can do it. You can do it. And I would feel the strength of the Holy Spirit come in and encourage me. And then I would feel Jesus just pull me along to the throne room where God was standing there with his arms open wide. And he was saying, come on, Riley, you can do it. You can do it. I love you. You're a child of the living God. 
he was looking at me, but I couldn't see it. And then I would go back into my brokenness and my shame and guilt. The devil is a liar and he will tell you that you are not worthy and you are just not good. And I would put my head back down and then I'd look at Jesus again and he would say, look, you're mine. It's all redeemed. The sin is gone. The shame is gone. It's broken. The chains have taken off your life. Know who you are and who you have been called to be. And so I would walk. (laughs) And then I encountered God. And then I encountered the heart of God. And that's where life changed for me because I didn't become a believer anymore. I actually became a believer in my heart and I was so much different. (sighs) The thing that he doesn't just want to do is he doesn't want to just pull you out of that brokenness. He has great plans for your life. He has a heart for humanity that I couldn't do in my own strength. The best thing I realised is that he loved me there in that same place as my brokenness as he loved me in the throne room. But I had to get there with Jesus and the Holy Spirit ministering me and just going back into his presence. He said, abide in me because you can't do it by yourself. Stop trying to do it by yourself. I love it because I'll just ask the band to come back up if they can. But Deuteronomy 30 verse 6 says in the message version, God, your God, will cut away the thick calluses on your heart and your children's hearts. Freeing you to love God, your God, with all your heart and your soul and live and really, really, really live. And that's what Jesus did for me. He made me live again. He made me, my heart come back to life. He, he put hope back into my, into my heart. He restored our marriage. He gave me life again and joy that he will never, the devil will never, ever take away from me again. Because now I know whatever I face in life and... It says in Ephesians 6 verse 12, it says, For the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but is it against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What you're fighting today is not sometimes what you can see. He is trying to take it all away from you, but you have to remember that there is a God there looking at you saying, I want you, I love you, let me do it for you. You can't do it by yourself. I love it. In Psalm 34 verse 8, it says, Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God actually is. Blessed are you who run to him. And that is all there for you to have too. Don't let him take your marriage. Don't let him take your life. Don't let him take the joy from your heart. Fight for it. So I'm going to pray if you want to stand with me. Thank you, Jesus. You know every heart that's come in here today and you know the brokenness that they might feel in their heart or the shame or the guilt or just the deadness of life just just surrounding them, God, that you just come and you just breathe life back into those chambers of the heart, Holy Spirit that we can't do, that only you can do and that we can give you the glory, God, because you are so worthy of it. I just thank you, Lord, and I just ask these things in your holy name, Jesus, because there is power in the name of Jesus and that these chains can be broken off your life. And please just give him your heart and give him your life and you will see what he can do with it. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's word. 
If you would like to know more about Tweed Coast Church, please visit tweedcoastchurch.com.au.